Hey everybody, this is Newer Kid Y with God, yay or nay. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Today our guest is Brittany Lysing. Brittany is a hilarious comedian. Uh, you can check out her new album, Going Up, on all different platforms, including iTunes. Check her out on Instagram at Brittany the Comedian. Uh, this episode we talk a lot about uh, following your passions in life and uh, the differences between the different generations and how we look at the world and a bunch of other stuff. It's a lot of fun. I had a great conversation. Uh, Brittany's a, an old friend of mine. We started comedy together, so I was just glad to have her on the podcast. I appreciate all the respect, uh, love I'm getting for the podcast so far, so please keep it up. If you can subscribe to the podcast, I would appreciate that. Subscribe, like, and uh, give it a rating. That shit really helps out. But uh, without further ado, guys, this week's guest, Brittany Lysing. All right, uh, welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. Uh, today we got Brittany Lysing. How you doing, Brittany? Good, buddy. I'm uh, I'm quarantining. I'm 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 doing all right. How's uh, quarantine life? It's not bad, dude, because I'm uh, I'm uh, live here with uh, my sister, another comic, so uh, uh, Katie Westman. So we're just. Uh, having fun we're uh oh, taking on projects that sounds like a party house actually <laughs> <laughs> not so bad oh nice you missing comedy oh dude uh i was on vacation for two weeks before we quarantined mm. so i was like not doing comedy for those two weeks too so it's been like a month and a half i'm like oh god let me back up there no, oh, it's uh, it's rough. I'm uh, I'm starting to get like almost withdrawals now, and like uh, the whole idea of like this might be closed down for like months or months at a time, like, and we might not have that. Is like, am I getting a new career? Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, that's what I, I was like. Back to the landscaping track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, yeah. So, uh, Brittany, you've been having like an awesome year in comedy, and um, you just uh, released your uh, album going up a few months ago, which is amazing, and I hope everyone checks it out. Uh, can you give uh, us a little rundown on uh, my audience on just like how you got into comedy and uh, where you come from? Sure. I was uh, got into comedy about uh, six years ago, about 2014, mm. and I, uh, I was an elevator mechanic at the time, and I was just, like, not happy. I was like, fuck, I'm missing something, you know? And I'd always wanted to do comedy. I always wanted to try, and I just started looking into open mics, and I went to uh, Comedy Monday Night here in Calgary, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, the longest-running open mic in Canada, I believe now. And uh, did my first set there, and uh, I guess uh, the rest is history. I just I couldn't stop. I got the itch. You got the itch. Oh, I know. Well, it seems like a regular story for comics. <laughs> you're you're one of the ones who was converted, like pretty much the first time you tried it, eh? Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like so instantaneous. That feeling. It was like a you know just like a, a rush I had never felt before. I just was like, holy, this is this is what this is. Mm. like yeah yeah it was like almost like this is exactly what i was wanting or needing or yeah and like uh what kind of so you said you were working as an elevator mechanic uh it must be like a very like male dominated industry uh what kind of what's yeah. the atmosphere like in the elevator mechanic world do you know what's funny is i like think about that all the time when people ask me that question like well you know there's a lot of guys there and all this thing and then i look at everything i've ever done and i'm always the only girl 
Mm. Like I just continuously put myself in that situation. So I must like that atmosphere a little bit. <laughs> I'm just like, bitches, am I right? I'm only standing by a dumpster and smoking. And then I'm just like, you know, and then I complain about it later. I'm like, I put myself in this situation over and over again. <laughs> yeah, but, um, just... yeah, I like that. I think I, I, I played hockey as a kid and was always in the dressing room with all the guys and everything. And, and I sort of craved that atmosphere. Like I, I, uh, the elevator shaft was no different. It was just a bunch of guys, you know, talking shit yeah you like talking was, shit i like talking shit that must have then, helped uh, for comedy then <laughs> and then i got into comedy and i just was like i was like finally get away from all those guys and then i just was in the back of the room talking shit with 10 more guys <laughs> that's uh and especially in calgary like where we both started that's how uh, pretty much comedy starts <laughs> <laughs> yeah just smoking outside by the dumpster just talking shit about everybody yeah and i just i and I just think that's so funny. I just, uh, I, uh, I, I think I like that atmosphere of, uh, you know, just a bunch of guys in a small space talking shit, I guess. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I came from a landscaping. Um, that's what I did after I finished school. I was landscaping all the summers to pay for comedy in the winters. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of shit talking. That's how you get uh, through <laughs> those hard days. <laughs> Yeah, so man, I uh, I came out of that uh, I came out of elevator uh, mechanics and into comedy, and it was a sort of a seamless transition. I, I felt uh, it, it, I, I draw a lot of correlations between the two, so I. Uh, I enjoyed <laughs> I've never, it. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a weird seamless transition. <laughs> well, do you know what is crazy? Because it's like uh, you know, like when I worked building elevators, we worked out of town a lot, so you'd be like in a van going to a different town with some guy you just met. Oh, just like comedy, just like road just comedy. Just like comedy. And you just like go to the town and build the elevator and you're in this cramped space all day together. You go to the hotel, you share a hotel. Like it's just like starting comedy. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that actually uh, seems like something that would give you like a good uh, touch into comedy. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, you said um, you got into comedy because you weren't really uh, – feel you wanted something to make you feel happier and stuff so was that a general feeling you had uh, when you were kind of in the work in life like not feeling completely fulfilled yeah i mean i i uh i was such a creative kid and always looking to you know be part of something but growing up in alberta you know like you know like there's there's not a lot of like creative outlets for things like that like i feel like my family's such a blue collar family it was always just like oh you want to do what mm. you want to go uh, so I never really like I played hockey, but I always wanted to do like I uh, wanted to be in like a drama program. Okay. And I love playing hockey, but I just like I always wanted to do something like that. I always needed some sort of creative outlet. I'd been I'd loved stand up. Like I'd watched stand up since like a very inappropriate age. Like I was watching like <laughs> like all the old comedy nows and Club Fifty Fours and all the old like spe like specifically Canadian stand up since I had been like seven or eight years old. And just really looked up to those guys and just and just always, always sort of in the back of my head thought, God, like, I just I wonder how you do that. Oh, nice. When did it become a reality that you're like, you know what? I can like do this. I can try this. I started going to Yuck Yucks for like birthdays when I was like 18 years old, 18. And I would every year go to Yuck Yucks and I would just like get hammered. <laughs> And then walk up to the door guy, which now is like, now I know is Scott Robertson. Yeah. And I just yeah. be like, where are you comedy? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, just a drunken patron. Like that, that he was just like, he was like, you can. So finally he, uh, Donovan happened to be there one day and he's like, well, go talk to this guy. He sends out a newsletter with all like the stand up comedy 
in Calgary. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went and talked to him and he put me on the list and added me and set, started sending me like the, the, the open mics. Okay. And then I was just like, all right, let's give it a shot. Well, I was like, I think I, I think, I think I thought about it for a year before I went and did it. Like, I was it, like, it's a fearful thing. Like, well, especially when you get that in your head, like, Oh, I can, I can actually do this. And then having to like, take that jump into the actually doing something like, um, so then maybe if you can give some advice to like uh, so many people who are doing day jobs and like some, a lot of people don't feel fulfilled. And like when they find something like this, that uh, they're like, maybe I can do it or maybe I should take that jump. Like, uh, is it like, how do you overcome that fear? Like, how do you uh, tell people if they were thinking that way? Um, I don't know. I mean, you also, you kind of have to just throw caution to the wayside because it's just sort of like, it's this insane thing. But you got to try it. You know, if you if you feel like you want to do something, go do it. Figure it out. Like, go. T- there, there's a place where you can go. You know, uh, sing karaoke if you love singing. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a you know there's so many people just like you, who are like, there's a whole community surrounding everything everybody likes. Like people don't know that you know. Yeah. And I think I think they're like, oh, I'm just gonna go do this thing, and I, I'm, there's gonna be nobody around. It's like every weird little thing has its own little community. Hell yeah. So I just like, you know, if you, if you've got something in your heart, go try it, go, go figure it out that you, you know, most of it, you know, is logistics. Most of it is just like figuring out the place to go and the time to be there and talking to the guy who runs the open mic Mm -hmm. and figuring out if you can get on. And even like now, like since we have this quarantine, I think this is like finally the perfect time where it's just like, Hey, like if you are feeling unfulfilled in your life, like now is the time to go find it online. Like there's just yeah. like the online communities, like, uh, even uh, I'm like in my th- early thirties now. And it's just like, I feel like I'm old for the internet, but it's like, Oh, there's so much you can do on the internet. Like I, you have to, you can find so many types of people and there's just so many, uh, different uh, communities. That's why I'm trying to start this off, uh, with a little bit of like, uh, spirituality, consciousness, like, um, self-development those are things like i've just always uh been such a fan of and uh i'm just realizing you just gotta start throwing it like you said throw caution to the wind and just do it and um you find the people online it's a beautiful thing yeah and it's almost just letting go of your own ego you know it's it's letting go of like the you know well, what, what if somebody thinks i'm stupid because i say this or what if mm-hmm. somebody you know i what if nobody likes what i'm doing or and it's just like well you gotta like what you're doing and you got you know you got to go out there and, and try the new thing. And if you don't like it, great. That's the worst that could happen. You didn't like it. Yep. Uh, do you uh, still deal with that at all? Like uh, caring what people think? Um... Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I I was uh, sitting in a green room with a bunch of comics and somebody was just like, oh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want to be one of the guys that stands at the door and waits for thank yous. And I was like, I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm the guy that wants the compliment. <laughs> I'm the, one, I'm the one that's standing at the door like what'd you think of the show <laughs> like please just give me a, give me a head nod <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like the worst I do the more I want to stand at that door and get a compliment like if I had a great show I'm like I don't need to be over there there's yeah. no reason it's like, but I'm, it's just, I'm, like, I'm too good for the door now <laughs> listen I'm just gonna have a cocktail and relax but I like as, as soon as I just shit the bed I'm just like I'm going to that door and I'm looking people in the eye <laughs> I want them to know that I care about this. 
Um, all right. So uh, last year you released your first album, Going Up. Um, how was it preparing for your first album? Like uh, when you uh, first heard you're going to start re- uh, recording it and then you're like, OK, now it's time to like get this uh, shit ready to record. Um, it was nerve wracking. It was um, I mean, it was uh, a thrill. Like I, I always like kind of being in the deep end of stuff, you know, like I, I enjoy being like, OK, like maybe I'm ready for this and like or maybe I'm not ready, but I can get ready. And that's what that feeling was, was just like forcing myself to be ready for, for something maybe that was a little out of my league. So I, I, uh, I started by, you know, I compiled, I, he, sorry, I, I recorded with 604 records mm-hmm. and they approached, they approached me. So he was like, uh, are you ready to record a record? And, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, and he said, oh, you can have as much time as you want. And I took a year oh, from the time they asked me awesome. to the time I recorded because I just thought, I just want to have everything so I'm proud of it, you know, and I'm and I'm ready mm-hmm. to put something out that when I hear it back, I'm not going to be embarrassed or, or think to myself, like, I, you know, I, I could have taken an extra month or I could have, you know, yeah. so it was all it was all sort of like a, I lucked out in the way that it was like nothing was forced upon me or rushed or it was very like when you're ready, pick the club you want to do it in. And I got to pick the place, which is in Vancouver at the Yuck Yucks in Vancouver and that's just one of my favorite places to perform. So, you know, it was just like everything that surrounded it was very, um, uh, just sort of at my pace, which is, uh, you know, um, I, I lucked out that way and, and, uh, preparing for it, you know, I just, uh, you, you know how it is. It's like preparing for a festival or a TV tape or like any, anything like that, where you just like have to methodically go thing through things over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Until you feel like until you feel like they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people who uh, don't know comedy too well, like uh, when you're going over stuff over and over again, like people sometimes think you just go up and start telling jokes. It's like no, nah, like every word you're saying, like is a kind of thought of or like it's been like done up in front of stages like so many times to hone it out and be yeah. able to say it like it sounds like you're saying it for your first time. It's uh, such a interesting craft in that way. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like that feeling of like saying something for the 400th time and making it sound like you still care about it. Mm-hmm. And funny is such a different thing than anything else because funny is the surprise of it. Yeah. So it's like when you've heard it for the 400th time, you still have to act like, don't you guys think this is funny? I just thought of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's the game right there. That's the game right there. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me uh, ask you, because I remember we used to have like some conversations back in the day about like spirituality and like finding your like passion in life and uh, love. Like this is quite a few years since we talked about these things. Uh, I can remember. I remember, though, we yeah. always uh, always uh, get into a heart to heart at the <laughs> outside I- smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old uh, Jupiter comedy. I uh, miss that baby. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. So, how do you uh, look at your life now? Like finding your uh, joys and passions. Like, how do you uh, stay like uh, passionate about what you do in your life now? Um. Well, it's. I really like. I. I mean, not to sound um, mushy or you know whatever. It's. I really do love comedy. Like mm-hmm. it is such, it's such a passion in my heart and it's, it's so ever evolving. Like it's, it's, it's almost like golf. Like you're only ever against yourself. Yeah. Like you learn a new skill. And when you learn that new skill, you're, it, you feel like you level up in this way and maybe nobody else knows that, but you, but it's like, 
you know, you, I continue to find passion in, in, in honing a craft that I, you know, I really, really do have a lot of love for. So, you know, and, and then there's the, uh, I mean, there's, it's not always like that. It's, it's sometimes you're on the road for two months mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're in small little towns and, you know, not eating the best and drinking too much and, yeah. you know, not get paid enough. And, and that can get you down and stuff like that. But it's just sort of remembering like, Hey, like you put your whole life on hold and your whole self to just throw yourself into this. And now you have it. So you have to kind of keep reminding yourself, like, this is a true gift. Like this is, this is something that I, you know, to get to experience is truly a gift. A hundred percent. Um, and, uh, the, like you said, right at the end there, like actually telling yourself how much this is a gift. I found that like doing that, like actually makes me like so much more grateful for finding comedy, especially when you're in those like rough spots. Um, I, I, when I remember when I moved to Toronto, so I've been here for like two years now, like what, after like that first year, that first year was so rough. Like, it's just such a rough year to move to a new city and like try to get in with new people who've never met you before. You're just starting all over again. And like, you have, like, I went through some like dark times during that first year, but I always telling myself, Hey, like, I'm really lucky to do this. Like stop second guessing yourself. Stop saying like, what if I did this in my life or something like that? It's like, you got something that you can continually grow with and like get better at. And, um, you, you have to have that to like um, be grateful so you can actually have your attitude, like go into the right place. And, um, sunny days come after that if you keep with it. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it's the, you know, it's still, it's still something you have to work at and work isn't always that fun. So it's like, you know, like the, the being in the new city and stuff like that, I don't know quite how that feels, but I know like everybody that moved out there, like, was just like talking to even like some other comics, you know, like friends of ours, you know, they they were just saying like, Oh my God, like this is so hard being Mm. in this new place and being away from friends and starting all over again. And that's something that I just admired so much that, that, uh, that you guys did. Oh yeah. Um, Hey, like uh, it is like definitely, uh, I would say like definitely tough to do. Um, The one good thing I loved about it, um, it makes you like uh, really find your own voice too, because like um, you come out to a new place and all of a sudden you're starting over. So there's always some opportunity when you do shit like that. Um, yeah, the one one thing, the reason I moved out here was because like I needed to kind of find my voice a little bit more and, uh, coming out here is just like to a new place that, uh, made me like go like, Hey, what do I want to say to the world? And like, it made me ask those questions to myself, like, why am I doing this? And like, actually really focus on it. And like, yeah, that shit helps you grow so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, and then I think when you don't have the influence of like all your regular, you know, your hometown and your family and your friends around you all the time, you have to sort of listen to your inner voice a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're yeah. like, uh, you're very family oriented, right? Like I know you, you and your sister are yeah. totally close, right? Yeah. I live with my sister and then my parents live like, uh, 15 minutes away and it might as well be like the set of everybody loves Raven, like just <laughs> the, the back and forthness of the, you know, back and forth to my parents' house. And they're just, uh, yeah, they're definitely, uh, they'd be hard to leave for sure. They're, uh, they, they, they've been pretty fun, uh, growing up and, and now into my adult life, getting to know them again, I feel like, you know, mm. like you're like, Oh, I'm getting to know you as an adult tonight. And I still like you like now I always loved you, but now I'm like, Oh man, these people are really cool. Like I really lucked out. So <laughs> we, ha- we hang out a ton like that. And then my brother's just in uh, Fernie. So we, we still see him quite often as well. Oh, that's sick. Did, uh, did you yeah. grow up a religious at all or, um, 
I grew up, uh, so I grew up uh, going to Catholic school. Really? Yeah. So I went to Catholic school my whole life and uh, my family wasn't overly religious. My mom was just like, it's a better school system. Like that was their reason. <laughs> They'll beat you. It's a better school system. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they're going to scream at you and tell you that Jesus hates you. So just do your, <laughs> do your math and shut up about it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I grew up, uh, I, uh, I am grateful for that because it's, you know, it's not, it's not something that I, um, that's not, my, those aren't my religious beliefs now, but it, it's, um, I feel like it, it's uh, provoked, um, the questioning part of my brain. I, you know, I was always like, what, why? No, I don't think you should treat people like that. No, I don't think you should, you know, alienate, you know, people who aren't exactly the same as you. And then I feel like the Catholic church uh, does that a lot. You know, they pick their, uh, they pick themselves and everybody outside of that is very like, well, they're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And they teach you that when you're a kid. So it taught me uh, to question a lot of that stuff that I don't know if it wasn't forced upon me that I wouldn't uh, constantly question it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, honestly, I uh, come from a Muslim background as well, and like I'm not too religious either anymore. Uh, but I, I did love uh, and like I loved uh, growing up in that uh, because uh, it's the same thing. I, I saw stuff I didn't like about religion, and I saw stuff that I loved about it. So I, it made me really like question and look at things my own way. So that's kind of what you want, right? Yeah, and there's you know I mean there's there, like you say there's good parts and bad parts you know you just got to take the parts that you feel that you know you identify with like there is a sense of community and kindness you know within religion that is that that it creates a community for people and stuff like that and you know the the big objective is to do good hmm. you know ac- across the board that's you know the main the main message is be good and be kind and and I think that if you can take take that away from it then uh, then you're doing all right yeah no a hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, I think like a lot of uh, yeah, especially like now my like kind of spirituality, the way I kind of look at the world has a lot to do with like finding like what your purpose is and like what your purpose entails, and like how you said like uh, yours is like with comedy and like uh, mine's kind of like now with comedy and like now this kind of stuff as well, and it's like uh, when you have something that you can kind of put your mind towards all the time um and yeah. con- you know like your mind can constantly go back to it it, uh, it makes me feel like a lot happier and healthier i can always have something to look forward to right well yeah there's a, i mean there's truly like um you know there's there's something that um i guess sparks humility in 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 yourself when you when you give it up to like you're not this isn't it you know there's there's something that maybe is bigger than this there's there's a part of you that you have to give up a little bit of that ego like we talked about before Mm -hmm. you have to give up and and sort of uh i think religion does that and and i think that like you know knowing that there's you know or believing that there's something bigger than all this is it, it makes you makes you I don't know, maybe a little happier, a little better person. Uh, well, I guess I uh, b- b- might as well give you the question now uh, for the show because, uh, like, you're kind of doing it. But uh, God, uh, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say, I guess I say yay. I mean, I'm not like I said, I, I'm not somebody who's just like God's this guy in the sky. I just yeah. sort of believe. I think my belief is just that there, you know, God's in everything a little bit. Mm-hmm. connects us all and I, you know I think I think we're a lot more connected uh, than we think we are and uh, and yeah so I say God yay <laughs> no, no kid way I say God yay <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I, I, I think having that uh, a little bit of like actually thinking like we're all connected in some sort of way definitely uh, makes people more compassionate and empathetic at least. So uh, yeah. that, I definitely have always uh, thought that was a good uh, thing. Well, it's like it's like when you do mushrooms or something like that. And you're like, oh, I can feel that we're connected. And you're like, this is exists. We just can't feel it for some reason when we're not this fucking high. You've done mushrooms before. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, just recently I had a pretty cool experience. I was in Hawaii with uh, my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, my so my cousins live in Hawaii. And uh, they were – we lived with them uh, here in Calgary and they moved back to Hawaii. They were born and raised in Hawaii. And uh, so we go out and get to spend a little bit of time with them and we're really close with them. And uh, we decided we're going to do mushrooms. And it was uh, – we're like, we don't know what day. We don't know. It was all so loosey-goosey and we we're kind of like haphazardly planning it. And my brother goes, I think today's the day. And I go, great. My uh, girl cousin was coming. I, I go, oh, Lana's coming. He goes, yeah, we got enough for all of us. So I go, okay, cool. And so she shows up and we like didn't realize it until like halfway through the high, but all three of us dressed exactly the same that day. Was that before you got high or after? After. Oh. We just didn't notice. We just were like, we were all wearing the exact color maroon shirts and we were all like, it was the weirdest thing. And we were like the three of three of us were so connected and we, we were like, we're, you know, pretty close family anyways, but it just, there was just a, a real cool connection that I felt like that was such an amazing thing to experience on a beach. Like yeah, God, looking uh, at the ocean with these people that I loved, we were all dressed the same, like a bunch of fucking idiots. And we, <laughs> we were all wearing maroon. Uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> oh man oh mushrooms are the best uh they are like a, a good connection thing i've uh i've actually felt that um what you're kind of talking about uh with my friends too when i'm on I, when you do mushrooms sometimes you can like actually like almost sense like your whatever you're feeling inside like they actually felt that too and sometimes you can like look at each other and you're like we just felt that same thing and you can tell like both of people are like yep and you're just like no that is an interesting part of the mind <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> yeah and my brother is the best person to do it with because he's so like into it and he's just like he's like i i can feel you're scared have a cup of love. And I'm like, this is just tea. He's like, just get into it. (laughs) (laughs) We were having fun. Oh, that is so good. Um, Have you ever tried meditation? Yep. Yeah. I, um, I struggle to meditate though. I mean, it's something that's something that I have to work on and practice, like slowing down the mind and slowing down the, the constant thoughts and the, you know, everything coming at you all the time but I, I i try to you know i try you know once or twice a week but i'd like to be doing it every day i think it would be uh, very helpful yeah and have you like uh felt any benefits from uh when you're doing it like it does like kind of slow down the mind when you uh practice a little bit yeah i think it takes away you know um anxiety and and stuff like that and lets you reset almost it resets me a little bit yeah no that's like uh, I, oh sorry go I ahead. Find- Oh no, I was just going to say like, I, I should, that's something I should be doing every day, but I'm so reactive instead of like, uh, instead of like proactive, mm-hmm. like if I just meditated every day, I wouldn't work myself into a frenzy, but I, I use it as like, I'm like, oh, I'm flipping out. <laughs> but had I just like started my day that way, I wouldn't have gotten to that level, but I do find it. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's almost like a little medicine for the mind. You just sort of, uh, it's a reset button almost. 
It definitely, I think reset button uh, definitely hits the nail on the head there. Um, no, I've been, uh, I'm gonna, I've been meditating for like almost over a decade now, and like, uh, I'm thinking of like uh, on this show doing a few uh, like podcasts uh, strictly dedicated to meditation. Um, it oh, is. It's, awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful exercise to be doing. Uh, really helps you like kind of train your awareness, like putting it on your breath and like um, having having your like attention be able to like go to your breath anytime you want it to can like really like help you calm down your anxieties, calm down um, your fears and like actually like center yourself and like before you go into anything, right? Um, it's uh, it's a very beautiful thing, especially if you uh, are like going into psychedelics, being able to like put your oh, attention yeah. um, onto your breath, like any psychedelic you do, because if you do get into a bad mental spot, like oh, just yeah. being able to be like, hey, it's always your breath. You can always go back to your breath and like just keeping your attention on it um, can help you get through any like bad panic or anything. Well, that's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely like and isn't it funny, though, that that is like the. Um uh, how simple that is, mm-hmm. like how, how, how much we as humans complicate things and like the most simple thing in the world is just to breathe and you like forget to do it properly. Like, like, oh. you know, even I used to do like a, I used to do a lot of hot yoga mm-hmm. and that was like a, a major focus. And you know, it was like a guided, a guided meditation at the end. And they'd just say like, breathe like you were a baby. And then once you start like th- thinking like that, you're like, Oh yeah, babies just breathe. Mm-hmm. You're just breathing in and out and in and out and it calms you and you're like, is that so how did how did we forget to do this? It's honestly it's your mind. Like uh your your mind just uh it's so powerful when you tell yourself um like this is how the world works, so you have these beliefs about how the world works, it stops yep. you from realizing how simplistic everything is. Like, uh, yeah. it really is. Like, when you look at, like, uh, what you want to do in your life, uh, when you actually, like, just give a straight answer into what you want to do, then, like, the steps to get in there are, like, pretty simple usually. Like, uh, if you want comedy, like, all right, go up on stage and write jokes. Like, those are kind of, like, they yeah. are simple. And, like, it, it your mind makes it so much more complicated and uh, it it is complicated when your mind is racing and shit, but that's why we try to like kind of silence the mind down with like meditation and uh, actually be able to like uh, look at your beliefs and like look at what you're telling yourself about what you want to do and see like that's actually what's like causing you like all your disturbance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane when you just think like, you know, yeah. What do I want to do? Like if the thing was like, you know, like something as simple as, and this is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people with anxiety have these moments where it's like, I got to go to the grocery store. Well, it's like, okay, get in the car and go to the grocery store, <laughs> you know, but it's like, well, uh, I got to get my favorite shoes on before I go. Like you're putting all these different things in the way of getting in the car and going to the grocery store. And that's just like, I feel like the, you know, like a lot of things in life where it's like, well, I want to do comedy. It's like, great, there's an open mic at uh, Monday night. You just get to email the guy, talk to him, and try five minutes. And, like, that's the easiest thing in the world. And you're like, well, because, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and you're just what like... if What if everybody hates me? What if I can't go? What if I don't get up? What if the mm-hmm. people don't like me when I get there? What if the guy tells me to go fuck myself? What if, you know, it's like then you've, like, made up all these obstacles in your life. And really, like, the easiest thing to do is just to, like, that's the thing I want to do. I'm going to try it and see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I think this is like part of like uh, 
every kind of part of like your life even like when i, I remember in like high school you want to ask somebody out and it was like the exact same thing it's just oh, like man yeah just, just like just do it and um pull the <laughs> band-aid off and like really like uh yeah, yeah. the amount of times you step you sat beside behind somebody in class and just like you're like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and they're like turn around they're like do you have a loose leaf piece of paper and you're like are you going to the dance fuck shut up <laughs> it just like way overcomplicates everything. Honestly, it, it it took me a while to like realize how much of my life I'm just um constantly in my head like fantasizing about what I want to do with my life and not actually doing it and like uh that's why like it was like about five six years ago when i started realizing i'm just like hey i'm constantly in my head i'm constantly fantasizing about what i want but not actually going after what i want and it, it like it did take a, a little bit of a shift to get out of that but uh, i think there's a lot of people who are in that mindset unfortunately and uh yeah they have that, that those kind of like uh fears that hold them back from doing shit and that's one thing i really want this uh podcast to be about is like helping people break out of that shit and like um actually go and try to be like the better kind of person they are right yeah i mean imagine if you know everybody just kind of you know did the thing they wanted to do Mm -hmm. like if everybody was like hey like i you know because not everybody wants to be a comic or uh you know something of course of course you know like a lot of people are like i wanted like you that's one thing that I would, you know, like I, I rem- remember from the job sites and stuff was like talking to the older guys and stuff like that. And when I started comedy, they're like, so what do you do? Like you just go up there and I go, yeah. And they're like, oh man. And then you'd get talking to these old guys who had been yelling at you for years and you'd find out like, they were like, yeah, you know, I actually wanted to be an engineer. And you're like, oh, well, why didn't you go to school? And he's like, nah, my dad just told me that I should just get into the trade and it'd be better money and I wouldn't take on the debt. And and he'd talk to the next guy and the next guy would go, yeah, you know, like I really like cars. I actually wanted to be an auto mechanic, but I just never worked. Like it was just all these things where it's just like all these people were so upset because they had just didn't do the thing they wanted to do when they were 30 years old or 20 years old. And yeah. now they're sick. Now they're 60 and they were just like, oh, fuck, I wasted all this time. So I remember when I first started comedy, like a lot of the a lot of the older guys were coming up and they were like, just do the thing that makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I love that advice. <laughs> Me too. Like, I had a guy come out and he was like a plumber, and I was standing in the hallway at Yuck Yucks, and he came out and he was hammered, but he was just like crying in the hallway, and he goes, he goes, I can't, he's like, he's like, I feel like I've wasted my whole life. It's so nice to see somebody just leave a trade and do the thing they wanted to do, oh, and like just man. gave me a big hug, and I was like. Well, okay. Yeah, that's... Um, I'm going to have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's so damn heartwarming. It's, it was nice. And leaving a trade, like, something that pays, like, really well is, like, um, also another thing where you're, like, you're leaving, like, a big money, uh, big yeah. money thing. Like, yeah, dude, it gives you a lot of security, right? Yeah, I mean, it, that, and that's a, that's what it is, I think, for some people is or for most people, anybody who isn't insane is just like, Hey, this pays well, mm-hmm. this provides security for myself and my family and my, you know, I think, I think sometimes I'm like, you know, like how did I convince myself and everybody else around me that I was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go to Invermere and then radium. Maybe I'll stop in Kelowna. I'm just going to ask them to pay me to be funny. <laughs> Yeah. Like I remember 
what I told my parents, they were just like, they took me out for Chinese food. We were like sitting and they were like, is your mental health okay? <laughs> I think you're having like a breakdown. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I was like, but it hasn't been for years. Like, what do you mean? And they were just like, they were like, well, you're just quitting something so secure to do something that just, we don't know what the end is going to be. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? But I can tell you what the end of uh, doing something I don't like is going to be. It's going to be another 30 years and I'm still not going to like it. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's you just like uh, touched on so much like the different uh, in difference in our generations, right? Like the older generations always had that like security and um, when we'll, like get something and stick to it and like stay and there's like beautiful stuff with that. Nothing wrong yeah. with it, but um, with us younger guys, it's more of like actually like following something that you love and going for your passions, which is beautiful. But we also yeah. live in a world where there's just like so much shit. So we sometimes have that like uh, anxiety <laughs> of just too much choice. <laughs> I know you're just like, oh god, I don't know. Well, it was so funny. It was so telling. I had told I, I my dad, um, man, a few words, but uh, when he, you know, he he really says what he means and means what he says, kind of guy. And mm-hmm. he just was like, I go, dad. He goes, Brittany, just tell me why you're gonna give this up. And it's kind of going back to like just the simple answer. And I just go, I just don't like it and I'm not happy. Mm. And then he looked me in the eyes and went, Brittany, nobody likes their job and none of us are happy. (laughs) And I was just like, what? You could be. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's – see, my parents try to like uh, get me to go into medicine and – even like when I came out of high school, I had like a scholarship to like uh, from like the doctors at the high school because they were just uh, like I, they were like, oh, you're going to become a doctor. So they gave me some money for like a scholarship. So like my whole dad, my dad was like for four or five years was just like on my ass all the time. But uh once that it was like my third or fourth year in school when I was doing comedy and like just hating like just being in the classes and sh- like everything about it. I just like I knew I couldn't do it. And, like, I've had cousins and uncles and stuff who are in the field, and, like, I know they're happy in it, but I just saw their, like, what their life is, and it was just, like, I just know that isn't me, and I just know I have to find my own route, and, uh, yeah, like, we I, we live in such a nice generation where we can actually do that. Like, I feel like well, 20 I, years I ago we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that um, uh, joke of yours, and uh, I won't I won't spoil the whole joke, but I love it so much. Where you talk about millennials, and that's like building a house that yeah. you know, <laughs> and then looking at that. But I mean, this is the generation. I love that joke so much because it's so telling of like what this generation is. It's just like we really are like built by our parents. You know, they're the ones who were like, you know, like we had it so hard. We love you. Do what you want. Tell us how you feel. Yeah, isn't that, like, hilarious, too? Um, Because now, like, uh, there's, like, that blowback with, like, uh, some people calling us, like, snowflakes and shit like that, where it's just, like... Well, it's just, like, they're, like, tell us how you feel, and you're, like, I'm sad, and they're, like, you're a pussy, that's who your problem is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, what? You asked me how I felt. You know what else? You're a complainer. You talk too much. All right. (laughs) It's no, it is such a different uh, generation. But like, hey, they meant well, and they did like, hey, they gave us like so much a better life. Like, 
you got to be so thankful for the society we live in, like, where, like, we have so much opportunity. And it's just so weird, though, like, 20 years, like, before, like, uh, just being our age and, like, uh, jumping into this thing would have been, like, already 10 times more stupid than it is now. But now it just almost seems like, it, yeah, it almost seems like you should be doing it. Like, and, like, now that I'm, like, uh, almost a decade in, I, like, look back and I'm just like, God damn, I'm so happy I actually, like, went this direction. Like, holy shit. I remember, like, right after quitting it, and I had to drive to uh, Swift Current. And I was, like, in the car, and it was so cold, and the roads were miserable, and I had to drive so far. And I was making the same amount I was basically spending to be there. Mm. And I remember being so happy. Like I was driving and I was just like, this is like the happiest I've been in 15 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was just like, and, I, and then I always look back on that moment and think just like similar, you know, I just like, God, I'm happy I did this. Mm. Like, I'm really happy that I, I, I somehow summoned the courage to just be like, I'm not doing whatever that thing is that you guys do. That fucking sucks. Yeah. You can be happy. You can try. You just have to there. Like you just almost have to get outside of this box that everybody is in and just see a little bit outside of it. Yeah. And, uh, like how you said, uh, you quit your job and your first gig, you're in going to swift current and it's like a tough gig. You're not making money. That's actually yeah. a good way to put it. Like when you take that jump, when you take that leap of faith, it's not like you're going to get everything right away. And like, uh, you're going to have to like go through some of those hoops, but those hoops, you just learn from them so much, like a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And you just, uh, you grow from it and, uh, you like, uh, really can like get to better spots by going through those, uh, different like, uh, valleys and there it's beautiful. Oh yeah, man. There's, and I mean, that's, that's truly become like, one of my most favorite things is that is the thing that like so many people complain about. They're like, Oh, but how, how do you just drive for 12 hours? Yeah. Like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I love driving for 12 hours. <laughs> you've never oh, heard of like, podcasts or music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never heard of like, also just like hilarious to me that it's like, they're, you're, they're like, you could, uh, you know, that's like a day's work. You know, you could have like been, you know, I don't know, like done this easy thing. And I'm like, yeah, but I was on like a dirty construction site and now I'm like driving through the mountains. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't, I can't compare the two. Like I, this is like, I'd much rather be driving by myself somewhere. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's a weird world. I remember, so when I like quit my, uh, job, I remember, I went on a four day like comedy tour with Arthur Simeon, uh, just yeah. another hilarious comic. And we like, we went on like 2,500 kilometer tour for like four days. And, um, that's so fun. Yeah. It was a great time, but it was like, and it was so many like weird stuff happened. My, I ended up like popping a tire on the second day and having to like uh, get it like emergency filled and then like drive into another gig that's six hours away and like just getting to the gig on time. And like, then my last trip, uh, the last show I did, I just bombed so hard in Regina, just <laughs> on like uh epic like half hour of just silence on stage and uh <laughs> then like driving home the next day nine hours 
getting home, realizing like all four of my tires on my like uh, car are like completely screwed and need to be changed. So I'm like, okay, so I lost like hundreds of dollars on this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And like, and right when I came home, my show Jupiter Comedy, uh, it just got sold off to the new owners and like our first uh, thing we got was like, they're not going to do comedy anymore. So it was just like, I quit my job and then all of a sudden in like a week, I fucking uh, lost money on the thing that I want to do. And it's almost I like lost a- my show. And I was just like, what is this? But like, I remember after like, um, after losing that show, and I was sitting there with Arthur and like Arthur said me and you know him he's like a great comedian uh, for people who don't know him and he's just like a very loving dude and like he I could tell because he was even telling me like uh, in hindsight like a few years later he was like man this guy's like life is falling apart like right in front of my eyes and uh, and he was just sitting there like Jesus but it's almost like the test you needed like it's almost like this I, I feel like there was like there were so many like very like immediate obstacles that I had to get over Mm -hmm. in a similar way. Like right when I made that decision Mm -hmm. where I just was like, it just was like, it was your, um, maybe just the universe or yourself testing, testing to see like, is this really what you wanted? A hundred percent. Do you want to do this? Like, like my big thing was just like having to tell my parents over and over again, no, which I I've never done in my life. Hmm. And it was like this huge test in my mind where I just was like, I have to like do this thing to get to the place I want to be. And it's like fighting against everything in my body that's telling me like, just do the easy thing. Just go back to work. Just, you know, and it's just like this immediate test. And then, like you said, like it's like these obstacles right away. But I felt I felt like as soon as I started saying like yes to myself and yes to like comedy and, and, and telling the universe, like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And I don't give a fuck what you throw at me. Like, I'm just going to keep running at it. Like, and then it was like, not long after, like doors just started flying open. Yeah. It's yeah. A hundred percent. Um, having that, uh, attitude, such a big thing. That's just like having that attitude of like, you know, this stuff's, I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to keep going. And like, uh, like approach it with the best possible outcome i uh i even learned that with uh gigs so like uh we do so many gigs across the country and um uh yeah like we do so many different types of audiences like it's so easy to go into a show and see the audience and just go like these people are nothing like me sometimes they might be like 70 year olds like in a damn like kingsman club or something and you're just sitting there like holy shit like what am i gonna do and like then you just start telling yourself all these stories in your head about like how you can't connect with these people how it's not gonna go well and then you just go and like actually fulfill that prophecy and like shit the bed on stage and I learned, well, it's like yeah. you it's like you already told yourself that it's like you already were like this isn't gonna go well mm-hmm. and you like uh, you you put that out there without even knowing it yeah, and uh, that's the whole reason. Like, uh, I like it was something I had to learn about your attitude is just like stop that and like any audience you go to, just like be grateful. Like, hey, I got an audience. Like, I'm grateful and I'm gonna go and do my best and like 
make the best of the situation and you never know and the truly like i've had shows where I'm, I'm looking at the audience and like even i'm just like hmm like these people do not seem like like me at all but then i just go in and have like a great great show and you're just like no it's just like being open and finding that connection um that you can make with people and uh you'll always fucking like uh be able to like go off of that and like create something great one of my like favorite shows like that was uh you me Corey mack and harry do and i would just thought like they couldn't have picked four more different people <laughs> like and i just had it in my head i'm like they're gonna hate me like this is an older crowd in a small town they're gonna hate me they're gonna hate me and then i just like watched everybody go up and i was like no they are here to laugh oh they're yeah. like everybody is so different like four totally different comics and the audience just had so much fun and then they were like you know, it's it's always like uh, funny to me after a show when they're like, "Stay, dance, have some food," <laughs> and you're like, you're like, "Oh, I told myself for three hours that you hated my gut, so this is a nice change." Oh yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, this yeah. show. What was that? White court? Yeah, wh- white court. Yeah. Yeah. Court. Oh, that was so. Uh, that was a that was a fun show. We did have a little dance afterwards. <laughs> a little, little dance party after. <laughs> the the small town dances. It's. <laughs> I love a small town dance in like a legion hall. Oh yeah, like go like I'm gonna take a break from dance and go get a roast beef sandwich over here. <laughs> a little beef like, on the bun. <laughs> I don't know why we shifted parties to like fancier than that because that's the greatest thing ever. It's just like, yo, I'm gonna hit up a few deviled eggs. I'll be back in. It's <laughs> actually hilarious. You go uh, to a city party now. Um, like I've done like when they do these kind of shows at a city and they try to make the part party more moderate and they're just like oh go check out this uh, weird uh, food <laughs> exotic we got in the corner it's like ah just give me beef on the bun <laughs> <laughs> listen I think you know what I know I just want beef on the bun if you guys have horseradish all the better to you <laughs> I, I was uh, I, in, in Saskatoon or, or like in Saskatchewan there's so many Ukrainians there they always have so much Ukrainian food oh yeah I love it that all their parties there are all just like pierogies and sausage and mm-hmm. roast beef and all this stuff and I'm just like I was telling the I was telling the audience I was like you know you don't get pierogies anywhere else in the country like this is a Saskatchewan thing yeah like, pierogies don't come on a buffet in Vancouver <laughs> I know, that's and I I was just staring into a bunch of blank faces. They were like, well, that's ridiculous. I don't understand why you wouldn't put it. A pierogi is a very nice side dish. The pierogi might be the best side dish. Like, uh, having a damn side dish as a pierogi, get some freaking <laughs> sauerkraut on there and uh, some sour cream. Whew. Yeah, changes your life. Oh, man. Uh, so what, uh, what are you looking at uh, for the next year now that uh, we're – we're doing this uh, virus thing. Like, how are you how how are you looking at this whole situation? How are you looking at your future? What are you thinking now? Well, you know what? I've I've kind of like I, I keep telling everybody that just like the whole like quitting my job and then doing this has prepared me for all this uncertainty. Like, yeah, like everybody else is going through this thing. They're like, what am I gonna do? What if I don't make money? What if everything fucks up around me? And I'm just like sitting in my house, just like, oh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel, like I, I, I sort of like prepared for the uncertainty. So that's not like overwhelming me at all. It's just the, like, I'm anxious to get back on stage. That's like my number one thing. Like, you know, that's awesome. I, 
I just want to get back on stage. And as the sooner that can happen, the better, you know, um, there's uh, I'm working on a uh, pilot right now <clears throat> with a few folks. Nice. Um, and uh, we're, we're writing that and we've, we're taking a little like uh, break from that, just to get all settled into quarantine and figure out life. And, but I mean, that's ever so present on my uh, uh, mind. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's just like the uncertainty of this business is sort of just like prepared me for whatever this, like this obnoxious, like not knowing is. Uh. And uh, so I'm kind of planning to just, uh, I'm just, I was thinking the other day, just like, you know, like you just got to be in any situation. You just got to like be okay with you. It's mm. like, I want to be a comic, but you know, maybe I have to dig ditches this year. But yeah. that doesn't mean I don't get to be a comic. That just means I have to work to live. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, hopefully everything comes back to back to life and just keep working and plugging away. But I mean, I got to say, like, I had like, I was supposed to be out there. I was supposed to be in Niagara Falls and I was supposed to be headlining the downtown, which was like big things that I had worked towards and it all got canceled. Yeah. And then I was, I was doing my finances because I was just like, oh man, I've lost like thousands of dollars but then not having to get on a plane and be in a different city. And then when I get the government payment, I was just like, Oh man, I've paid money this month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like I'm like, not drinking. Right. I'm not eating out. <laughs> I didn't have to fly across the nation. Yeah. 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 And like, uh, when you do like, uh, a trip out to Ontario, like Toronto and Niagara Falls, like sometimes you're like having so much fun, you end up blowing a little too much money. <laughs> well, it's just like all these people you love that you haven't seen in like four or five months. And then yeah. you're just like, drinks let's go here let's go this let's yeah, go this yeah, was, and then you're uh, just like you're like i haven't been to the aquarium in years <laughs> what is that a 80 ticket let's do it let's do let's it, do it. <laughs> nothing's gonna stop me when i'm in the mood for a stingray yeah oh man uh you, one thing you did say there though um which i loved how you said uh, the uncertainty of our business like kind of um prepared you for this uh, that's such a like uh that's such a like uh, idea that I've had. Like this one thing I used to always tell myself: like you gotta be comfortable in uncertainty. Like you have to like uh, like our like I was saying the older generations like think about security, security of mind, security of like their possessions and all that stuff. And that's like one of their like top uh, things that they think about in their life, and they are they prioritize and value right. Like for us, oh, yeah. like. Um, I, I think uh, one thing we have like that we need to do is like find that comfort in uncertainty because um, that causes a lot of our uh, anxiety. I think like because if you're like if a lot of people have been uh, grown up in our culture, like we grew up with that whole idea of like follow your dreams, find your passions, and like go towards those kind of shit. Um, if you don't have that fear of uncertainty um, or like that comfort in uncertainty, uh, that it's a very tough thing, and you get a lot of anxiety because of that. So um, to be able to remind yourself, like, hey, 
it's okay to be uncertain about life like it will be okay and like have that trust in yourself that was the other thing you said that hey i i'm i have the ability to handle it when it comes like uh, i'll figure it out like i'm uncertain where what what's happening right now but i trust myself that i'll be able to figure it out and i'll be able to hey if i have to work hard and go back to a job for a little while because that's what's going to make it happen then so be it like i have that trust in myself and uh and when the situation's uncertain i'm comfortable i love that i fucking love it Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks buddy i uh i mean it, it's funny like my I, my mom told me like you know she always said to me like you know if you you're if you don't learn the lesson you're supposed to learn you're just gonna it's just gonna come up over and over and over and over again in your life you know until you learn what you were supposed to or take what you were supposed to take from a lesson you know in life mm-hmm. and it, it's funny with this is because it's it's almost like not an arrogance but there is a thing when you've learned the lesson and you see it come up again and you just sort of go oh i've i've been here i know this yeah i know this feeling i know this doubt i know the voices that are going to be in my head ready to tell me I'm, i can't do it i already know this so when it comes at me again i'm just gonna it's just laughable almost because you go like hey yeah, it's it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to not know what the future is going to bring. But as long as you you know that it's just like, you know, I have the, the ability to work hard and I know who I am throughout this all and just not succumbing to the pressures around you. Like, you know, like the premiere of Alberta came on the TV and it was the most doomiest, gloomiest thing I've ever heard in my life that I started laughing because he was just like, he was like, listen to me. I he's just so the boomer generation where he was like, listen to me, nothing's going to be okay. Alberta's the oil industry is failing. Uh, the Russians hate us. Uh, they like he just it was like this. It just got progressively worse. And you could see him just like falling apart as a man. Uh-huh. And I just was like, I was just like, this is so this generation just to be like, just, you know, it's all going to suck forever. So I don't know what you want to do about it. <laughs> But I definitely was like, I just was like, when I heard him speaking, I was like, oh, there's that voice again. Yeah. There's there's that voice again telling you nothing's going to be okay. Nothing's going to work out. And mm. it's like, it was laughable to me. I was like, oh, this doesn't scare me. Yeah. This is just like the thing, like, you have to just be like, hey, I mean, what's the worst that could happen kind of thing. Hell yeah. What's the worst that can happen? And... All right. Well, uh yeah, that was amazing. Thanks uh, for coming on the show, Brittany. Uh, you want to uh, give people an uh, idea where they can uh, get a hold of you and uh, get your uh, album? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. And my, um, yeah, you can go to Instagram. I'm uh, Brittany the Comedian. And uh, you can add me there, follow me. And then uh, the album is on uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, anywhere you can get albums. And it's called Going Up. Nice. I'll uh, I'll add the links uh, and uh, everyone, please go listen to that album. It's fucking awesome. And Brittany's one of my favorites. And uh, we <laughs> came up together, so it's like uh, basically kind of uh, watching uh, sister in arms, uh, pretty much uh, doing her thing. And I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This is uh, what a great show you got going on, buddy. Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple 
or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, if you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kid Why. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay. <laughs>